Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, where you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash OAM. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. The best book that I've listened to lately is Ghost Gifts by Laura Spinelli. Check it out. TheOAMNetwork.com You are listening to 901 Paranormal. I am your host, Carla Worth. I am really excited to be back for my first episode of 2016, and this one is great. I invited my friend Eric C. to come over and be my co-ghost, because he adds a little bit of humor um, where there might not be any, and uh, my guest was Evan. We met at Spill It!, and uh, Spill It is like a live storytelling um, event here in Memphis, kind of like the Moth Podcast. And he just killed it. He won the competition. He was so great and hilarious. Um, so the story that you're about to hear is true. And I'm very excited for you to hear it. Remember that you can like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and if you want to rate my show on iTunes and leave a review, that would be super great too. And with that being said, here's the podcast. This is Carla with 901 Paranormal. With me tonight is Eric C., um, who's going to be my co-ghost this evening. And then Evan K., because we're not going to use your last name. Of course not. Um, But we are here in beautiful Crosstown at the new studio. I haven't recorded an episode from here before, um, but it's exciting that we're in the new studio doing it now. Um, So I met Evan about a week ago at um, Spill It! in Memphis, which is essentially... Um, a storytelling event, and um, he told this really great story about a shaman. Um, say hi. I'm just hey. talking about you like you're not here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm Evan. I'm, so, I'm sweating a little. Yeah, well, thank you for having me here. Yes. This, is, uh, this is very cool. Cool. All right. Um, so your story starts... Um, well, you were very funny when you were telling the story before. You were like, nothing's ever happened to me. I'm the kind of guy that eats kale. And it was just good. The whole thing was so good. You ended up winning that night, too, which I was a judge and totally voted for well, you. thank you. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so start us off. Where, why did you end up meeting a shaman? Yeah, well, as, I mean, it started with the kale, obviously. <laughs> <Clearly>. <laughs> no, um, um, it all goes back to when I was in college. I studied abroad in Ecuador, in South America, and um, we, it was a very, your very typical study abroad experience in that it was uh, fairly sheltered, I would say. I mean, we were with a homestay, um, but with 20 other American kids in the program, and it was very... Um, Safe. It, yes. I mean, well, you know, as, as safe as things it can get in Ecuador. Right. Um, and, you know, it, it was run through a college and it was supposed to be very kind of hands-on from a um, kind of uh, American influence standpoint, which isn't something that I necessarily wanted, but that's how it was. And that's kind of what sure. you get when you go through a college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was to, to great surprise to have this experience with this shaman. Um and yeah, do you want me to just jump right into it? Yeah, so it was like it was like the end of their trip, right? Am I correct? No, it was actually the beginning, oh, which that's was the crazy it. part. I mean, because oh, when wow. when we uh, when we got there, surely by the end, you know, we were there for five months. Everyone was very close. Oh wow! And yeah. So um, we'd been through a lot. 
Um, but this was this was in like this you know two and a half weeks in, so we had really made very little connections with each other. We sure. were just barely getting over the uh, <laughs> kind of how are you, how are you doing? What's your major? Right. Um, and what I what I also didn't say when I was telling the spilled story was that our director, um, unfortunately, was just kind of like. It would be a disservice described to describe him as anything else as just like a bumbling, inept man. <laughs> uh, he was just incredibly, uh, uh, I guess, culturally insensitive. Like he didn't really know anything about the Ecuadorian culture. He was an American oh, wow. guy. Wow. Um, I don't know why he was really leading this program. Um, but so we we ended up scheduling a trip to go uh, visit a local shaman at his practice. So kind of on the outskirts of the city. That, so like, are you in a cave? Because on X Files, I think they're in a cave. Right, right. You need some context here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. so so we're in. Uh, well, the city that we all were staying in is Quito, which is the capital, um, and it's a it's a fairly developed, um, you know, metropolis, if okay. you will. <laughs> you know, kind of like your standard city in a lot of ways. Um, but as you get to the outskirts, uh, it quickly, um, becomes much more rural. There's, uh, Ecuador is interesting, I guess in a lot of ways like Memphis, because you'll have really, uh, developed areas right next to super impoverished areas. And, um, it's just very interesting juxtaposition. Um, but as you drive farther out into the, the country, it's, which, you know, maybe an hour out, um, it really starts, you get towards the, the Amazon and, um, we met with this shaman at um it was a it was a just a country residence um fairly fairly western actually um and like a best western like a best western <laughs> yeah uh discounts and all see this is why you're here eric <laughs> okay mm. and i think the uh the, the striking thing about this shaman is that, you know, I, my preconceived notion and ignorant, surely notion of a shaman was that it was going to be someone in traditional garb. Oh, and, he wasn't? No. I mean, he's wearing jeans. He's got, like, a plaid shirt on. Wow. Um, I don't know. Like, I think he had maybe, like, a ponytail. But other than that, like, he was a very clean-cut guy. That makes guy. him more believable, I feel like. You know, yes. I don't know. Not... I kind of miss that. I'm kind of upset that he's not, like, waving feathers around and has, like, antlers on his well, head. Well, I think, I think if he did have kind of a more traditional garb on or costume it might seem like he's just putting on a show that well even the university historically paid him they to are kind of that. like shows but yeah yeah but i mean he's he, you know this is an everyday thing for him so it's just like well another tuesday right and that, <laughs> talking well, that's to some what it, spirits and things like that um, <laughs> that's what was immediately interesting to me is that it's uh um he he was so uh, much of an expert in his craft and also so um, in touch with the Western world, too, that it didn't feel like you were, um, you know, speaking to, to someone that wasn't familiar with Western medicine in any way. And and the whole point of his talk, I mean, what he was scheduled to do was just to lead us through, like, here's a, a bunch of the um, kind of materials and plants that I use in my everyday practice and in, in healing and they're all uh, like locally sourced from the jungle and um but it, the talk was so interesting because he was showing how they relate to all these western pharmaceuticals and right and how they're really in a lot of ways like the backbone of um all these super potent drugs um so it certainly had a component of like hey we you know we gotta, right. keep, we gotta <laughs> keep this stuff around i just yeah, yeah i just read too that um um, that the the plant life thing is a big part of shamanism. Like it roots all from that. Like they use certain things to be able to enter the trance to to talk to spirits. So like they claim that the plants they play they pray to them, and then they claim that that's how they're able to 
go into the spirit world. So. Sure, yeah, and I think I mean I'm definitely not an expert on it, but uh, we we talked with some other other people um, who were close with shamans or shamans themselves later in the trip, and they would talk about how part of you know their cultures. Uh, kind of growing up practice you're like coming of age involved right right like you're mm-hmm. born kind of into it and then i was reading too that um some of them inherit um being one or you it's interesting because i, I read it like this like a lot of psychic mediums claim that they crossed over and then they came mm. back and they now have the gift to talk to the dead mm-hmm. so the there's a lot of shamans that aren't born into it they become ter- like terminally ill essentially they die come back and then they are a shaman that's interesting so hmm. they they cross over into the other world and huh. that's how they have the connection so i thought it was interesting how it parallels on both sides you know because psychics and shamans but they're not the same thing right yeah but I, they are i kind of wonder if it's um i don't know if if there's a biological like genetic component to it if there is a a certain kind of person who can either channel these things or if it is like to, to play well i mean <laughs> and then to play devil's advocate or dana scully is like <laughs> if they are imagining these things are they people who are just pl- prone to hallucinations um but like really good mm-hmm. ones where they're kind of right sometimes. yeah and again with x-files uh what <laughs> wh- which episode was that was that the fifth one where really Mulder takes uh the 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 psychedelic, which is actually a placebo, but he still has an out-of-body oh, experience. That's, that's one of the mm. new episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. So I it, I wonder... Yeah, I don't... Yeah, maybe Mulder, I mean, clearly he's... I mean, this is this is a fictional world. We're talking about a real story <laughs> and a real experience. We're really nerdy about but, uh, <laughs> No, I don't, I don't know if it's something that's... Uh, he didn't really talk about that I recall if, you know, this was hereditary, it was like, oh, my dad was a shaman. So, I, <laughs> so he said, shaman. son, you have to be a shaman. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, yeah. I want to be a lawyer. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then sometimes I guess the community too, or I know in smaller tribes, they kind of elect one and then mm-hmm. they go through the process. Yeah, I mean, the, his whole uh, kind of the the underlying message of his talk in a lot of ways was how Western medicine is so focused on physical healing and just about what's measurable in like your very physical body. And his point is that, you know, number one, they're all connected. You're kind of spiritual and mental and emotional and mm-hmm. physical well-being. You can't just heal one and expect to have full healing. Um, and also that, it's you know you can affect one by healing the other or some of our western medicines are going to have side effects uh in in one of these other realms and you really have to treat it holistically and so that that was interesting because that's something i you know you don't hear when you go and get your physical yeah uh, i mean yeah. maybe maybe they're starting to do <laughs> my that doctor is holistic yeah. Yeah. i didn't I mean, know that but she is <laughs> even in the way we like approach healthcare in this country there's mm. like there's dental and there's uh you know, optometrists, and then there's, there's so like healthcare, and then there's mental health care, which is a different thing. But I mean, you're you're one per, you're one bowl of jelly right. here that's all interconnected. And I know, like the last few days, I had a friend in town, and I was borrowing somebody's car, and we were driving around because the weather was crappy. But oh, usually, yeah. I ride my bike every day. And today, I rode my bike like 20 miles, and I I feel amazing, and I was starting to feel really cranky. You know, it's a there's there's definitely things that are interconnected, but we're I I think kind of universally or earthiversally, <laughs> uh, like like people kind of separate the mind and the body and the soul 
as as these different things. Right. Well, even now, I mean, I think they have a ton of research showing that, you know, your uh, emotional health can affect how, you know, long your life is, your heart condition, and everyone kind of knows this stuff in the medical field. It's all very yeah, like physical, mm-hmm. backed you know. <laughs> by research, but but people are like, I, I'm a heart doctor. I don't, I don't deal with that. Right, right. That's not my territory. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's get back on track. Right, right. So you yeah. go, he's wearing regular plain clothes. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this is all in Spanish. Oh, um, so so there's varying degrees of Spanish that's spoken by our group. Okay, um, for the most part, I mean everyone's like taken Spanish. Um, I I had a little bit more Spanish because I uh, had studied abroad previously when I was in high school in Costa Rica, so that helped. Um, but some of the students, in um, particular, the one that this story involved, didn't speak as much Spanish. So. She was like, my amo, my amo. <laughs> I can't, that's all I remember from high school. Um, but, we, you know, people were helping each other out translating, and sure. our, our director um, could help us when we needed it. Anyway, so he um, finishes this talk, and it's uh, incredibly fascinating. And as he's kind of packing up, he basically says, like, hey, uh, just just for fun, why don't I go around our little circle here because we're all sitting around in, in basically his backyard around a campfire. Um, why don't I just go around and read your energies real quick so you can just get an idea of like what it's like for me on the day to day going about my business. Um, I, and I got kind of the impression that it was like if a, if a Western doctor was like, let me put the thing on your arm and take your blood pressure, Mm -hmm. some very routine type of thing. Um, and so he starts going around the circle and it's very generic stuff. I was joking that it was like, you know, kind of fortune cookie, (laughs) right? And well, though I mean, the weird thing was though not to not to make it sound less um, impressive because it was oddly related to the stuff that people had going on in their lives. He said to this one girl, like, "Family is very important to you right now," which saying to a random person, you're like, "Whatever." Yeah. But she actually had just uh, come back from like an emergency trip back to the United States because her grandma died, okay. and it was stuff mm-hmm. like that. We were like, "Oh, that's I c- I could read into this," but right, right, know. right, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, millennials in the year sure. two thousand something. I mean, yeah, we're we're pretty uh, hooked <laughs> to our family. I don't. Uh, it it was lots of stuff. You you could take it either way. Yeah. Um, and he starts going around the circle, and he is basically just looks into your eyes. And I think there might have been something involving you, like picking some type of card or some object from a jar or something like that, okay. which helped interpret things. And he gets to this one girl, and he, you know, he freezes in the way that you would if when they're doing the blood pressure thing on the arm and it suddenly tells them that like... You're, There's you're, like a pause. Yeah, your veins are about to pop or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, in Spanish, of course, which makes us kind of misunderstand the first time, he's like, I'm so sorry to, to like have to do this and tell you this, but you have bad energy in you and we've got to do something. Um, so we're like, oh, is that like a Spanish expression? He's like, no, literally like (laughs) there's, there's a problem here. Um, so do you, I mean, with your understanding of that situation, do you think it was like malevolent energy? Cause I know they deal with malevolent spirits. My, what I got from it actually was, she was just like grumpy. It was, uh, well, it seemed to, uh, a hair past grumpiness. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but there was, there was really nothing suggesting that this was like a spirit with okay. a mind of its own. It was almost more like somehow she had just, uh, gathered negative energy around her or, or somehow appeared in her. Okay. It was, you know, um, it was just a force. It wasn't a, a being. Okay. Um, but he basically said, look, like something, <clears throat> it's gonna, something really bad is going to happen to you is what he kept saying. Um, 
so we, I mean, that's all he really seemed like he knew. Um, so obviously we're really freaked out because it's about to be dark. And uh, when a shaman tells you something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this would have been the perfect time for our instructor to jump in and uh, have like a thoughtful discussion about cultural relativism and sensitivity and like, mm-hmm. you know, our own beliefs clashing with others. And uh, there was none of that, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically... Uh, this girl finally ends up agreeing like, okay, like, I guess we're going to see what this is. And so he leads her to the middle of the circle and puts a kind of a very like thick cloak around her, kind of a hand woven looking thing. Um, and then begins like the prep part of the ritual, which really involves, he has her hold a couple of like different plant varieties over her chest and like an X and, She's standing there, and he has two ferns, fern-like plants that he's constantly kind of brushing her up and down with. Um, I would have loved to see this. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a really crazy sight. And then he lit a pipe with some type of plant matter and then would routinely get the smoke kind of blowing circles around her. Um, and while all this is going on, he then also has this a bottle of kind of brownish, murky liquid um, kind of like this beer we're drinking, but a little, <laughs> little darker. So wait, he's burning plant matter. He has brownish liquid. I, so you I guys think, are I just know, getting I, high. Yeah, I, I know what's happening. Here. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was something I'd never seen before. And so every time he'd, he'd sip in this liquid and then he would like spew it back out in this very fine mist and uh, it would drain down over both of them. So it gets to the point where this girl is uh, like covered in this brown liquid mist spit and she's like uh, being brushed by plants while there's smoke curling up around her and there's, you know, the flickering firelight. This is so intense. And yeah, and, yeah, and we're all like, what the hell is going on here? I mean, it, we're all kind of How does that end? We're frozen. Yeah. Where do you go from there? Um, and we can't really jump in at this moment. Um, and and <laughs> the whole time he's had his his supplies over to the side, he had a bunch of plants, and um, I think he he had them in like a truck or something. And uh, there's this box there, and there's only one box, and it's a totally it's like the most boring box you can imagine, cardboard box, except it has air holes in the top, <laughs> uh, which I didn't didn't notice until uh, he went over to it. And he he reaches into the box, like, at the height of this ritual, and he pulls out a guinea pig. Which, I'm going to oh, go ahead man. and tell you, this story would be a lot different if he had just pulled out, like, a cat or a dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guinea pig, I can handle. Hamster, even. Cat, dog. Mm-hmm. Even a chick. I'd be cool with a chicken, I think. Right. Well, it's, it's interesting that, uh, I mean, guinea pigs are very important animals in Ecuador. Um, I don't think they have too much uh, kind of holiness spiritual stuff to them besides of course this use um but they're they're like a common delicacy people eat a lot of guinea pigs yeah um it's Uh, called i didn't think there was a lot of meat on them yeah there's not it's kind of like i mean not a lot of meat on like a lobster but we eat those it's like frog legs yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. frog legs Hmm. or something um but but yeah it's more of like a, a delicacy than a Oh, fifth night in a row of guinea pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or some rotisserie guinea pig or something. <laughs> from, from the Kroger. From the Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he pulls out this guinea pig. Um, and in the whole time, he's been really, the shaman's been really calm and good about explaining, like, this is what's going on. And he knows we're freaked out. Um, and he was you know, doing his best to kind of 
keep us under control by explaining like, and here's the purpose of this and here's the purpose of this. And he tells us that guinea pigs, um, not only is their anatomy in some way very similar to, to humans, um, but also that they're this great receptacle for like cleansing and like soaking up negative energy. And uh, so now that she's the girl has been prepped in a way where like the energy is kind of ready to be soaked up, he takes the guinea pig around the middle. They're like the, they're like I've never actually seen a guinea pig up close, but they're very kind of oblong, they're like a fairy yeah, almost. They are. So you can really like get them around the middle. Um, and <laughs> I'm sorry to all the guinea pig lovers out <laughs> I'm there. I'm actually babysitting two guinea pigs over spring break, like the classroom oh. pets. And so I, this whole time, I'm just visualizing cupcake and bingo. Just I, I mean, I have a team. friend who just got a guinea pig for their daughter birthday this weekend so <laughs> they're very I'm cute i'm never gonna look at that guinea pig the same yeah you, but you now you know you can just grab it around the middle and just like you know, yeah you know. so so he he grabs a guinea pig and starts to move it around her whole body um and is the guinea pig squealing head. or like well, i don't know what noise they make because i don't think pigs, i don't think there was too much squealing i think there was like he's just chill right now Kind of like, kind of like the sound you would imagine someone make if, like, they were like in a in a rocket launch and they were experiencing like a ton of g force at once. Um, yeah, kind of like. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and so, and he starts shaking this guinea pig like faster than faster than I've seen anyone shake a guinea pig before. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, and and if, we're talking probably four to five minutes of intense like this guinea pig is a maraca. Oh my god. And oh, no. and everyone's just sitting there watching. Everyone like, is open mouth. At this point, the guinea pig's done. Like, there's no saving them. After like, yeah, a whole like minute. I don't know quite when the the, the rocket launch G four sound stopped, but uh, <laughs> it it went on well beyond that. And uh, of course, the the girl being treated is like totally in tears right now because I think more from surprise than anything else. Yeah, but, she just was part of a guinea pig murder. So right, and she's the center of attention of all these kids yeah. who she's trying to get along with that she just met. And, like, yeah. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> you know, not a situation anyone wants to have to be in. And um, finally, when it just seems like, you know, something's got to be done, the shaman just, he stops everything. And he, he's like, you're good to go, basically. We've we've cleansed you, and whatever bad thing was going to happen, it's, you know, you're going to be okay now. <laughs> so how did... So, I mean, <laughs> so did you just guys, like, get your picnic blankets up and, like, yeah, well, scurry on down the path? Or, right, like, it's one of those moments, like, what do you what do you do there? Everyone's just quiet for the rest of the night. Um, so what happened was, I'd say most of the group kind of rushed over to her um, to be like, geez, are you okay? And you know, comfort her. And, right. Um, I somehow got left just like sitting on a log. Like I couldn't even move. I was I was too stunned. And <laughs> <laughs> I was too stunned. <laughs> and um, <coughs> he so it's just me and the shaman pretty much. And uh, he comes over to me and he's just kind of like going about his business and he's like basically check this out. And uh, okay, so when I told the spillet story, um, I, I under embellished this part a little bit because I didn't want to freak people out. Right. But. Um, so when I told the spillet story, I said that he he told us that the guinea pig, when you take out the negative energy, um, not only does it kill the guinea pig, but it also the negative energy will manifest itself in physical form on the guinea pig. Oh right, I forgot. Right, about and this so part. when I, when I yeah. told the spillet story, I said it was on the outside of the guinea pig's heart. Um, 
it was actually on the actual guinea pig's heart and you couldn't see anything until the shaman like ripped the guinea pig's skin off like i've ne- i didn't know you could he, did he just like fillet it he like made a little cut like about its uh like shoulder level and then just it was like you were taking someone's pants off like it was just like whoop, and all the skin came off in one piece Never, I've never seen that before. I've never. Yeah. I'm not like a hunter or anything. So, but apparently that's how it works. So what? What did it look like? Well, uh, he he gave me this like very interesting kind of five minute conversation on look the guinea. All these different parts of the guinea pig relate to different ailments that a human can have, basically. And you know, if you if you open up a guinea pig after doing this. Um, on a healthy person, it's just going to look like a healthy guinea pig on the inside. But depending on uh, what is going wrong with this person from like a, a metaphysical standpoint, you're going to see it showing up physically in the guinea pig. And so right around like the heart kind of lung region on one side, it was like all black and shriveled. And he was like, yep, like just as I thought, the uh, the blah, blah, blah valve is malfunctioning or something in her. And he was like, we, you know, not only does the guinea pig become a map of your your holistic well-being, um, but it's also like now drawn out of the girl and into the guinea pig. Hmm. So how many guinea pigs have you seen strip naked? Other than that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd rather not ever, say. Have you <laughs> yeah. It, it might be interesting to like consult a biologist. Like, yeah, what, yeah, you know, like when, you sh- when you vigorously shake a uh, sure. yeah. for I five minutes. That we were shaking it. Maybe too. that's Does, what happens. Yeah, yeah. There it could has, be like, a pulmonary embolism or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's. it's Right. So, I mean, that was kind of the theme of the night and uh, going on forward, like, was this some incredible thing we just witnessed on like a different plane or is this just kind of, was this just what happens? Yeah. Um, Because, you know, the girl, the girl was fine after this. Uh, Did she report any sort of weight lifted off her shoulders or something? The only weird thing was... um, so the, the shaman had said that before the ritual happened when he was like, hey, something bad is going to happen to you, basically. We were all like, well, what do you mean? And yeah. he said, he's like, look, I don't know, but like from your energy, it, I mean, I'm predicting like something really bad in the next like couple of months if you kind of keep this energy within you. And then after he cured her, he said that like, okay, we're like – we got most of it out, basically, like something, some like narrow miss. Wait, may just happen. most? <laughs> well, I think I think he said he. We lost a little bit yeah. of the tumor in there. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uh, he he made the point that like <coughs> usually in this type of case, like whatever was going to happen will now be like a near miss. Um, I remember him. He really harped on that point. So like an emergency landing instead of a crash landing. Right. Okay. Well, um, that's a nice uh, kind of loophole legal mm. loophole it's like oh yeah i mostly cured you <laughs> no guarantees right well the the strange thing was though that i mean ecuador it's uh it's a beautiful country beautiful people really really high unorganized crime rate um a lot of, uh, yeah south america has a lot of human trafficking as well i'm, I'm sure that that can be a problem in some areas mm. um but yeah a lot of uh just kind of random of I mean they're they're nice criminals for the most part is what is what the general consensus is charismatic 
Uh, like, the, like, like, like the Italian job or Ocean's Eleven? Like, they're, like the, they're the ones you want to meet? Like take your wallet and give you back your license type of criminals. Oh, that's um, great. I wish yeah, that was happening. Nice. I know. That I got my nice. wallet stolen the other day. It was, it was uh, terrible. I'm like, take the money, man. What are you going to do with my license? Yeah, I wouldn't wish like sending somebody to the Can't DMV you just, like, on my worst enemy. Can you drop it in the mailbox <laughs> and it mails back to you? Isn't that, that a thing? probably is a thing, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so... About three months later, apparently she's walking home from school in kind of the late afternoon and early evening, and uh, two guys, like, pull up next to her in a car and try and, like, force her into a van, um, and some shop owner is able to, like, help fight him off, and she's, you know, not a scratch on her. Um, so, of course, it's another thing where you could be, like, totally unrelated to this incident. Sure. But, but her first thought was probably... Oh, shit. Yeah, so it's... Thanks, guinea pig. (laughs) Thanks for taking one for the team there. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty interesting. I've never met anyone with a shaman story. I mean, we pretty much sit around and tell ghost stories all the time at my house, and for the shaman story, I was like, oh, my God, I have to have him on the podcast. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm like, the least shaman-y guy you could could picture, I think. Mm Yeah, you're, like... I mean this with all sincerity and, and nice list. You're like a generic white dude. Yeah, yeah. so generic. Yeah, I'm like I'm like the Lego guy. You are. <laughs> you are like the Lego guy. That is great. I love the Lego movie. Uh, but yeah. So, well, anything else you want to add about the story or any other weird experiences? You said you were in um, Costa Rica. You have anything crazy happen there? <sighs> Let's see. I just had a friend come back from Costa Rica today, Alexis, and she went to the Iron Maiden concert in Costa Rica. Oh, they love heavy metal in Costa Rica. Do they? That's like a thing. Like Brazil too. Like they're all really big into that. And so, but she just said that like monkeys were trying to steal her wallets the whole time. So. <laughs> well, you know, when I went to Costa Rica, it was um, it was very different than when I went to Ecuador because um, Costa Rica, I was sixteen, and I. I it was not through a program. It was very much like I kind of felt like I was coasting through high school, and uh, this random opportunity came up. To and you were like, do "Mom and Dad, going to Costa Rica," and they were like, "Cool, see you later." My parents were very, uh, they're oddly very supportive of it. I think they may have been the ones who found it and were like, "Oh, look at this, Evan." Yeah, if my teenager was like, "I'm gonna go stay with another family for a while," I'd be like, "You do that, please." <laughs> see you later. <laughs> I have a, I have a tween girl, so uh, yeah. She can go. <laughs> right. And so so my my experiences there were I think were less uh less paranormal and more just kind of larger in life in right, a lot of ways right. of growing up. Um, sure. and I've you know, never been away from home like this before on my own and in a different language and yeah. so probably for another podcast. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> going back to your uh your bumbling guide for the yeah. uh, thing, I that is uh not uncommon. I myself have been a uh, university employee. Have you been a bumbling tasked guy? with being a bumbling <laughs> guide in another country? Uh, I was in London. Was it two years ago? Um, <laughs> I, I had that. never been, and I'm supposed to lead some kids around for a few. So weeks you're just like and, on Google Maps trying to figure out where yeah, you're going next. Yeah, definitely. Really, <laughs> really killed my my data um, there. But I mean, I have friends over there, and it. But uh, a lot of universities. This wasn't through an academic department. This was like through international programs or the student center or something like that. Sure. I'm sure there's a lot of like fringe programs, and they the university likes to have things like that, but they they don't necessarily have somebody to do that and it's right. yeah, like I mean, hey you want a free trip to ecuador <laughs> yeah here 
You're the tour guide. In his defense, uh, <laughs> if you're a very nice guy, um, just I think it's a just super, it it's a super hard job. Um, and but I think if you're going to be someone who does it well, you have to really, really be able to navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doing the the day to day, getting us from point A to point B, making sure nobody dies. I think that's the easy stuff. It's like how do you kind of create the conversation uh, for people who are so Americanized about this is a totally different culture and, you know, where are we where are we drawing the line, if anywhere, between stuff that is just, oh, this is a different culture we should be accepting or, like, we're not, we're really not comfortable with this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually really surprised that y'all got through that entire thing without anyone objecting. I think yeah. when you start shaking a, <laughs> an animal... Uh. Yeah, I, I well, I I kind of had a question. Like, did uh, did this guy f- find the shaman, or was this the shaman that everybody goes and sees every year? And did did do you know anybody who did the same trip the next year? And I believe, did they do the same thing? I I believe that someone? Um, this was the this was our uh, director's first year as a director as well. Um, rough start, definitely. <laughs> um, I believe they had been going to see this shaman or someone from his. Uh, practice, if you will. I don't know if it was the exact same guy. Um, But I think it was just, you know, I I assume he's not finding a person with a huge amount of negative energy in every circle of 20 college kids he goes around. So it seemed like a pretty safe thing to do. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, I was reading too that a lot of the shamans in um, South America, they don't, they can't, it's not a full-time job for them. Um, unless they're lucky enough to get something like that, where they're they're part of like the touristy thing, even though they're really this, they'll mm-hmm. do it for their community, like their little tribe, but they'll also do it for someone else to make money for the tribe. Right. Yeah. It's at. I mean. Yeah. It's at a uh, the. I mean, in- I would pay for it. <laughs> yeah. I, it. I mean, I'm I'm kind of suspicious or skeptical myself. But- would you Would you go see like a um, a palm reader or a voodoo priest if you were in? Louisiana. I, yeah, I mean, you I would, to. I would go. It's yeah, but I don't know if I would buy it. But it would be fun and interesting. For like ten and, bucks. Yeah. yeah. Have you interviewed any uh, palm readers or like local fortune tellers or faith um, healers? You see, that would really for psychics well. around Memphis. I, uh, Abigail Noel is on a couple episodes. She is a intuitive psychic medium. Huh. Um, she is my wild card, um, and I've said all this to her face, so it's really fine. But she <laughs> is, um, she's from California. And she loves her weed, and Don't we she all? Um, she does chakras and she's a massage therapist as well. And um, she's the psychic that would never make it on TV because she cusses all the time. And she's she's a wild card, like she's great. She's gotcha. she's very entertaining, and mm-hmm. I love her. I just haven't had her back on in a while because we haven't had anything going on except for which I've considered maybe announcing this in this episode. But Eric and I have been working on a episode i've been working on it for like eight months yeah yeah i just hopped on yeah. later to because you live you I'm, live I'm on the, the burial grounds yeah 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 um so we're have, do you know about georgia tan here evan i don't um georgia tan um died in 1952 but she owned the memphis children's society on poplar hmm. um n- not too far from here and she lived on stonewall and she has about um, 500 undocumented child deaths under her belt. Huh. Um, she's the reason that we have adoption reform laws now, which I adopted my niece. So 
Um, none of that would have ever happened. I mean, unfortunately, those things happened and created this thing for me to allow my, my niece now. Right, right. But um, she was protected by Crump, who was the mayor, you know, the boss. Huh. Um, so anyways, Eric lives right behind the garden of this building where they supposedly buried all the babies. Yeah, the building's <laughs> long gone. <laughs> yeah. But, um... but now there's a playground conveniently over where I imagine the um, – Bodies are, and we're working with someone. I mean, five hundred huh. undocumented deaths uh, around, give yeah. or take. Um, I mean, even I mean, in the ballpark, the, the uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't think they're all going to fit under that playground set. That's, I don't know. If they dig deep, though. I can't. I can't decide if that's like an extremely thoughtful and sweet thing to build, or like a very creepy thing. To it's build. it's creepy. So <laughs> it's very creepy, uh, and you would never know this park is there too, unless you just like happened upon it. So uh, because it's backed by houses, like it's mm. literally yeah. It's kind of trying to what part? What it's part? Williamson it's Park. Right? Wilker, Wilkerson. Williamson. You live on it. Williamson yeah. Park. Yeah, it's in Midtown. Um, actually, if you just go down Overton Park and take a ride on, what street is that? Williamson. Williamson, it's like Williamson maybe Park 10 is on Williamson on Street, Street yeah. and it's you, you'll go right into it. Um, oh, you mean like behind uh, like Echo Restaurant, like that is like a long strip of park that ends in a playground? No, uh, no. no, there's a, I mean, there's a a big uh, kind of church and leadership remember. nonprofit or something yeah, that's yeah, yeah. there it's now like on that kind block of across from the car wash yeah. at Belvedere. No, I think I like I know down. what you're talking about. Are you sure? There's sure there's not there's the. Uh, playground and then there's kind of like a, a stretch like dog park just like yeah yeah, behind yeah. It. yeah yeah that's yeah it. that's I, it i live walking distance from right there and i okay. we, we go there all the so time so where yeah. that building is in front of the playground facing poplar that used to be where the home is and then all of that was the garden for the children to play in but she would still babies from like unwed mothers or teen pregnancies or even um wedded mothers just because they were poor she would huh. steal them and then tell them that their children died and then she would sell them or give them away as christmas presents to yeah. politicians and this isn't uh, like the, famous people are yeah, there's, were adopted by her the book i forgot who wrote it the baby thief yes is uh really interesting it kind of documents this entire thing and uh the author put a ton of research into it yes. I'm, I'm halfway through it it's pretty you're, you're getting there you're halfway yeah. through it now a i've been later. busy <laughs> okay this was 50s you said yeah, she died in the 50s. 30s, 40s, 50s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and she was a lesbian, and there's just, like, all this stuff. But she was protected by the city. You don't say it like that. She was a lesbian. I <laughs> <laughs> mm, didn't say it like that. Okay. You can cut that. Yeah, cut. <laughs> Cold turkey. Um, so, anyway, she uh, was protected by the mayor and the people in Nashville. Like, everyone was protecting her because she was making them a ton of money. Huh. And they thought she was this good lady, and they thought they were like there was even a lawyer who would go and take babies for her, and she thought she was doing the right thing. The idea being that you're bringing these babies to a better life, a better right. place. And back yeah. then, you know, it's like like she the was foster one of the... system now. Like yeah. you, you could drop your baby off at one of these shelters until you found a job, and then you can go back and pick it up. But she would adopt them out underneath your feet. Yeah, she was one of the first people to like really market adoption. Yeah, uh, and would take she out ads. She made it cool. She stuff. made it cool. Yeah, yeah. someone had to. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, so we're working on that. We're working on getting my cousin to help us do ground penetration radar to see what's under the playground or near the garden, um, and hopefully, oh, very cool. Do some ghost hunting in your backyard. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, technically, it's my side yard because I I live in you, someone's backyard. You do live in someone's backyard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so that's it. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, I really awesome. appreciate it. I've been waiting months to find something. I wish I had more paranormal. Well, okay, I don't wish I had more paranormal experiences. <laughs> I, I get really <laughs> freaked out. If but, you uh, if you get yeah if you if you get bored <laughs> later, you should listen to the mimosa episode. Um, huh. That we did. It's the story of how I got into oh, okay. paranormal. We lived in a haunted house, me and my husband. So. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, Eric, thank you for being my co-ghost. Yeah, I, I'll be here for the sequel with the snake handlers. So. Oh, can we find some snake handlers? Yeah, it'd be I easy. I can handle a snake. It's not, it won't be as majestic. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to 901 Paranormal. 901 Paranormal is an OAM audio production. For more information, go to theoamnetwork.com. Want to be a guest on the show? Email 901paranormal at gmail.com with your supernatural story. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at 901paranormal. And lastly, show us you care by rating and reviewing us on iTunes.